thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited to have you on. How are you? Good. I'm so excited to be here, Kimberly. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Yes, it is such a joy to have you. I am definitely fangirling right now because I have been, I have been listening to you all over Clubhouse and gosh, you are just such, such a strength. You're a source of light and you are a powerhouse. Truly you are. And I'm just so happy to share you with my audience and have you on and share all of your wisdom. So would you mind just giving us a quick overview of what exactly you're doing in your business? And from there, I'd love to kind of go way back and, and really understand kind of how you got to where you are today. Sure. Well, I own a digital marketing agency. We are focusing on social growth. Basically, we have uh, many tools that we develop that create a lot of growth for followers, of engagement, of different different things inside the social media platforms. We also build strategies. We execute the strategies, so we will build the look and feel of the account. We create, you know, the the message that they want to deliver. We we upload the content. We create the content. We create the engagement. So we do all of that on the social media aspect, and we also build websites. We do newsletter blasts, and uh, we do everything around the digital platform. The main thing is that we have um, promotion tools on Instagram and LinkedIn that creates endless exposure. And we have great tools for in an Instagram that creates growth and exposure for uh, clients and, you know, for potential clients. So that's wow. what we do in our company in the social aided, uh, a digital marketing agency. And we also do a lot of pro bono work for nonprofit organizations just to help out yeah, that, that's the main thing. I do a bunch of stuff, but this is the main, my main focus is my business. Wow. Wow. That is so inspiring. In addition to having your big company, your huge, huge social media, digital marketing company, you are a mom. Is that right? Yes. That's my first job. Second yes. One, that's my first boss. I have a boss <laughs> and she, she makes the rules, you know? Oh, I know. Yeah. I got two bosses. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. It's amazing how... 25 years old, like you have already too. It's like unbelievable. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. I know. And it really is the most exciting and most important thing. And I'm so glad that you're able to bring the perspective of being a mom and an entrepreneur into this conversation. I, I definitely have some questions around that, especially how you're going to be bringing up your daughter that I'm going to save for a little bit later. But um, mm -hmm. I, I just am super excited to get to share that you know, here you have this powerful and successful female entrepreneur that is a boss and a mom. And it's just, it's a big deal, you know, to have those titles. So, so can you maybe give us a little bit of your background and kind of your story? Like, where did you, where did this business all begin for you, Tal? Well, I have been, um, it all started many, many, many years ago. I have been doing digital marketing since 2006. Basically, before Instagram was exist, Clubhouse, no one even dreamt about. And, um, and there was Facebook at the time, just the beginning of it. There was MySpace, if you remember, MySpace. Oh, yes. I was walking this one at the time. And um, basically, basically, my journey started when I uh, finished my uh, serving as a lieutenant in the Israeli army. I was lieutenant for three years, and then I was chief of the reserve army, the reserve soldiers, to work with communication tools. I had a team of teachers or, you know, or trainers that was, were training the soldiers how to use it during the war. So that was we, that's what we were doing. 
And basically when I finished my serve in the army, I left and I moved to New York and I started my first company, which was plumbing and constructions at the time. And I always stick and looked for communication opportunities to communicate with my family that was far away from me. There was an ICQ at the time and all kind of, you know, old contacting platforms that I used. And I was always in a search for this. And uh, when I did my plumbing and construction company, I started with, you know, creating a logo and creating a brand for it. And, and I, I created flyers and I handed flyers to people on the street. So I did a lot of marketing before I even knew what it means, you okay. know, um, when I was 21 in New York. And a few years later, I mean, around two years later, I lived in New York for, few, for three years. And, and during these two years, I had this company which didn't succeed. Obviously, I have no idea in plumbing and constructions, and I was just learning my way on marketing. But that was amazing for me because it was my first lessons and my first steps in the marketing world before the digital came. And uh, from there, I traveled in India for a while, and, and then I, I basically met someone on MySpace that he had a lot of pictures of Caribbean islands, like amazing, amazing beaches. And he approached me one day and he told me, would you like to have a cup of tea one day? And I, you know, I never really replied to those kind of messages, but I saw beautiful beaches and I am, you know, 23 years old. I'm replying to him and I'm like, oh, hi, um, sure, why not? Maybe one day. And then we started to have a conversation. And after like three or four days only, we hopped on a Skype call together, which was a French guy. He was older than me in 15 years. He lived on this island. And he didn't have pictures of him, just the island. I didn't care about him. I cared about <laughs> this magical island. I really wanted to explore everything. I was this young, young, curious, you know, human being. And I, we spoke on Skype. I barely saw him because Skype was like blurry. It was the beginning of Skype age. And um, I told him, listen, man, I don't know who you are. I don't know where the island you live on, Anguilla, 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 whatever the name is, but I'm coming. And he said, really? Whoa, why not? You have an extra room. You can stay in an extra room. I thought to myself, I don't care about your room. I'm coming to sleep on the beach, but I'm, I just want to make sure there's someone there I can, you know, land on. And uh, I, I packed a suitcase and I called my sister and I told her, listen, I'm going to this island. The name is Anguilla. It's near San Martin and it's not even on the map. In Israel, it wasn't on the map. It was like, I, I put it on the map in Israel uh, on on this travel format. And I flew. I told her, listen, I'm going to this island to meet this guy who I don't care about. I'm just going with a backpack and I might sleep on the beach with pleasure and be spend some time and come back. But if I'm not calling you in three days, then tell mom where I am, please. And also call the police. I think it's 100 and send them to this island. Thank you. And I took <laughs> a flight and I flew to Anguilla, to this small island and I am on in the airport the size of a coffee shop tiny place there was a French guy tall blonde whatever I'm like that's the French guy you know so long story short we fell in love we got married on the island and I moved to live there and we started a business together of digital marketing business kind of a PR online at the at the time it was called because no one knew what digital marketing there was nothing exist. Like, there was no WordPress, no Wix, no editors, no nothing. And I learned everything by myself. I learned coding. I learned designing. I was sitting on a computer and learning all that while we built two businesses 
One of them, we became kitesurfing equipment dealers. So we built a website around kitesurfing because we did a lot of kitesurfing on the island together. We worked surfing every day. And I created this website that became super successful because we went into different forums and wrote, you know, about our adventures. We uploaded pictures and, and stories from which are traveling the world and, and, and talking about the equipment. And we became like a third party or like a middleman for equipment and wearing uh, and suits for, for kitesurfing. And, um, and we suddenly had, I had a lot of followers on MySpace, you know, that MySpace was the big thing at the time. And, um, and more and more, I came into Insta, uh, to Facebook, I'm sorry, which just the, the groups started and, and Twitter was very strong and we uploaded some YouTube videos and we became super popular, popular and the business grew and we made a lot of money from just being a middleman, like affiliate programs on our website for kitesurfing equipment. And that's how I realized the power of the internet. And that's when I started like my real digital knowledge and learning and understanding more and more. And I just learned by myself everything from reading and experiencing. And I helped other people to build their websites from the coding. There was, again, there was no Wix or WordPress, no editor. I, everything by coding, uploading my own pic, like picture by myself, putting meta taggings and everything. And after three years on the Caribbean island, we moved to uh, Florida, to um, Delaware Beach, where we lived for two more years. Long story short, I had a family tragic. My mother got cancer in 2009, and I left everything behind, and I moved to live with her in Haifa in Israel, because she was by herself there. So, so my relationship kind of ended there it not, didn't end it was very like we it was bad also the business you know stopped because I I couldn't be there and my, my husband kept taking care of it but went through this crisis and my mother passed away after a few months that I took care of her and then I just restarted from scratch in Israel so I lost my mom I lost my husband I lost my business and I lost everything in one month or more or less I mean she died after a few months but like boom one month i lost like everything we decided we'd break up and my mom just passed away and i could there was no place for me to move back uh, or to florida and i stayed in israel and then i started to instead of griefing i started to build my my new tal you know the new uh new me growing my uh new business my sociality and 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 I established the first college in Israel for social media in 2011, which was a big hit in Israel because no one understood what is social media at the time. And I already created like a college that is going to give a lot of information about it. And it was pretty successful. And, and since then, you know, um, I sold it after two years. And since then, I've been investing in different startups and, and, and I was, I'm doing lectures and teaching and consulting and and social aid is doing a lot of, you know, strategic activities for clients, etc. Um, yeah, and then, you know, I moved to LA six, five years ago, I'm sorry, and uh, met my husband and got married at Burning Man, my, met my current husband, had a baby, and that's it. So all is good, good ending so far. Wow. Gosh, you have, thank you for sharing that. I mean, you have, true, like, we could take one small piece of your story and go so deep and literally fill up the whole time because you have, you, yeah. you know what it is? You've done so much. 
and I see that you're fearless and there's just so much to you. Like all of that story, it really shows the essence of who you are in so many ways. And I guess one question that I have for you, Tal, is in those moments where your heart is obviously broken, you, you know, went through this traumatic event, losing your mom, caring for her and losing for her. And then, you know, of course with the business and your husband and just so much all at once. I know that for many folks listening, they probably are struggling, right? There's so many people out there really struggling to find themselves. Maybe they've, their businesses have been devastated from say COVID or their relationships, or they're just down and out. And I guess, what would you say to those people? Like, what is your advice? What, how did you pick up the pieces in those, in the worst moments? Like, what do you say to yourself to pick yourself back up and keep going? I think I've had a lot of times like this in life, you know, when I, I lost a business when I, in 2003, the, the construction company, so I lost it and I got up, you know, on my legs and, and removed the dust from my knees and then fell again and then get up and remove the dust from my knees and kept on walking and fell again. You know, the, the college was sold. And then after that, I had something with terrible partners and I fell again and I got up again. And so always keep on going. You know, there are going to be a lot of failures or a lot of falls, a lot of falling on the face and slaps on the face during the, during life, you know, some of them called COVID, some of them, you can name them, you know, uh, bad partners, or some of them, you can name it lack of knowledge or wherever you wrap it with that we all, we all going to have those moments and failures are not failures for me. So there are just lessons. So from each every and everything that I've been through, I've just taken the lessons and I know it's like a cliche, but it's so true, you know, to really focus on, okay, that's the situation right now. What am I going to do next? Not like, oh, why did it happen to me? That's a terrible situation. I'm so stuck. I'm this and this, but to focus on what's next, to look back on what were the mistakes, not where I am or not like what was bad and why it happened, but why, what can I take from it? and then implement it on your next step. I think my journey has so many chapters in my life, and I think I've changed so many times through it. You know, I've, from an island girl that flies, I became, you know, serious person, or at least sometimes I'm serious. But really, at the end of the day, my journey has a lot of ups and downs, and I, I just tend to enjoy all of them, the ups and the downs, and not, I don't mean enjoy, but I mean to say, take them in proportion. Okay. So always put in front of me, what's most important for me, my health, my, my success or my babies, or, you know, to have food on the table. So what do I do now to make that happen? So tomorrow I will have the food on my table and, and a roof in my head and health and everything that I'm aiming to. So every morning I wake up like I'm a beast, you know, I'm ready to eat the day. I'm ready to attack. You know, every morning I'm coming, running to the computer because there are new opportunities, new things. Every day brings me new ideas, new, every day is a, as a, as a white plain page and how you feel it, it's all yours. It's all in your hands, how you feel it, what do you put in inside this page of this chapter. So, and also to understand that I have been changed so much and life is changing so much and opportunities are changing so much. But at the end of the day, 
you really have to try to understand how you do some hustling too. It's all, all good to do, you know, some side income and not to trust only on your workplace or only on your own business. So I have my business, but I also do real estate for many years. And I also in, invested in, in coins and I, I do a lot of other things. I mean, I'm, I'm on board of some companies. So I have, you know, these kind of, these kind of opportunities and always seek for other side hustler. I believe in that. Focus on what you do. Yeah. I don't say like start to do a lot of things, but create something that you're passionate about and brings you income. And sometimes not to be dependent on one revenue, revenue stream is, is, is a very smart thing to do. I love that. I just, I see you as being not afraid to take chances and someone that chooses to see the world as a place of opportunity. And it seems like you move, it seems like you also follow your gut and you don't question yourself. Like, it sounds like you move towards your passion and, you know, you just seem like you're very in tune with yourself. Like you're the type of person I feel like is a very confident, you're a very self-confident woman. And I've heard you on Clubhouse speak. And when Tal comes into the room, first of all, you see this beautiful picture for those of you that haven't seen her we'll we'll link all her stuff in the show notes so you can go stalk her but you see this beautiful woman and then you hear her come on and she's unapologetically opinionated adding value you know knowledgeable and I just I see so many women tall that they just don't have the voice. They don't have the confidence. And they, they will tell me, I have clients that will tell me like, I've lost my voice in becoming a mom. I, you know, they're, they're really struggling with that self-confidence and, you know, it breaks my heart, frankly. And so yeah. it's super yeah. important that part yeah. of my mission is to connect with female, inspiring females like yourself to show people the art of the possible. So I guess, Maybe how, where do you think that confidence comes from and, and how are you going to raise your daughter to be confident like you are? First of all, I think confidence comes with a lot of experience. I've been through so much that I feel, to be honest, I was always, I was born confident person. I'm always very complete, but I know it's, it's an issue for a lot of women. And I think the more you understand how much you are powerful, and how much you, your voice is matter, the more you will feel confident. Now, I know it's very hard to, I know it's not an easy thing to achieve. I mean, everyone has their own, you know, I also have my fears and my doubts in myself. And, you know, there are things I'm better and the things I'm less good at. And that's okay. And that's legit. And that makes sense. But I think at the end of the day, always remember that whatever you think, wherever you look around and you think someone else is probably better than you, he thinks the same about you or he thinks the same about someone else. There's always, everyone looks in someone else, everyone, including everyone, is looking on someone else and thinks, oh, he got more than me X or Y, or he gets more than me in something, more pretty, more strong, more followers, more, uh, you know, more confidence or but we all have our downsides. Everyone is human. You know, we all, we all, we're all the same. And at the end of the day, if you are not looking around, then you're going to be uh, blooming much more. And you're going to be, you have to surround yourself with people who make you bloom, you know, don't, not people that, you know, take you down and not people that, you know, will, you know, will shut you, your voice down and not people that will lower your confidence. So, 
it, it also depends on who, who is around you. That's very important. I always keep my surrounding and my people around me supportive, you know, and, and I have a supporting gang, which is my husband and some friends. And I, I don't, I don't, not that I need support, but we all need support at some point. We all need a hug. We all need a friend. We all need someone to consult. And I, I truly believe that if you have someone that is, is too jealous or too, you know, not, not for your benefit, that I would, you know, kind of get rid of him or I would, you know, change him. And always believe in yourself. Self-belief is the most important thing that a human, human being can have. It's like the most attractive thing. It's the best thing you can you you can be anything you want when you believe in yourself and and you don't care what others thinking because truly they don't really care about you whoever you think that you know that you care about what he thinks he doesn't care about you seriously everyone is cares only about himself and maybe some of his surrounding but he didn't no one sometimes i see people that think oh i shouldn't upload this because some people are going to think that i'm this and this who cares about them? They're not going to think about you anything because you're not interesting them. Seriously, that you're not. So just no fear. Just go with the flow. Just jump in the water. Before you know how to swim, start to do this with your hands and learn to swim with time with while you're doing it, you know, and it's going to be fine. I love it. It sounds like a lot of your self-confidence comes from taking action. For anyone out there that's feeling stuck, it's like we got to get unstuck. And how do you get unstuck? by doing, start doing, even if you do it bad. You're so right, Kimberly. Yeah. So I just, I love that. It's just interesting to me as I hear you talk, you know, you've done all these things, you've taken risks, you've leaned into opportunities, you, you're trying all different things and you are fearless when you you're too, doing girl. it. And you too. Yeah. You and that's what, that's right there. Even if you fall flat on your face, like at least you learned, like you said, like you learned something. I just think it's super important for people to really take action. When you have a dream, if you don't know how to act on it, you need to break it up into bite-sized pieces. I always teach people that. And what do you mean by that? Whatever is the next best step, whatever you know makes sense that you know you can do, like a quick win is how you start building your momentum and your confidence. Gosh, you're just such a big success. And so I want to ask you a little bit about your business because I definitely don't want to gloss over. I mean, you, you are a serious businesswoman you really genuinely are and and again such an inspiration so can you talk to us a little bit about see your team where are they geographically and how do you run a team that's global how do you keep mm -hmm. them together how do you inspire give us some leadership tips okay well i i have a team of 10 people right now and other six suppliers that worked with us permanently so it's kind of 16 people that i manage and what they do, they are, everyone has their own, you know, unique in him. And when I pick my team, I, I feel like it's an orchestra, you say, orchestra. And everyone is an instrument and everyone has his own different, everyone is a different instrument and everyone has his own unique sounds. And when they're playing together, they create beautiful music to the ears. So... I would definitely always pick someone who is good, better than me in, in certain things, you know, so I can learn from my team while they're learning from me or from the, each other. Uh, my team sits in Israel, New York, LA, London, Houston, and Malta. And we are, 
we're having every Monday, you know, a team meeting, and it's always like a pajama party online, a virtual pajama party. And I have a team for many years that I never even met, so I don't know what, how, how high they are, or you know, what shoes they like to wear, because I haven't met them. I see them every day on, you know, Zoom and and calls and everything, but. And the way to keep them really engaged is really create an environment that they, first of all, they're learning a lot. They're enjoying what they do. We're always having fun. My team are like my, you know, my besties. I love them so much. I have a lot of women on my team. We have also men, but most of them are women because I, I'm always happy to empower women around me and bring them, you know, um, opportunities. So what I do, I usually bring them a lot of freedom. In what they do so they can make their own decisions and I you know I let them run the show so I'm only like overviewing and I'm like you know directing here and there but I let them run the show and uh, of course I have a lot of things some things that I, I you know I give as, a, as instructions of what I want to see and I want to be done but I let them do it and my clients are super happy with them everyone is like like a family you know we're all like a one big family and I also bring them a lot of, you know, courses and occasional time together. So we have like once a month, someone's coming to teaching them something new about digital or about strategy or about anything that is related to business. And I, and, and so they, you know, we keep uh, working together as a team and we, we, we went through a lot of things with this COVID, you know, we lost clients and dealing with, you know, their own Corona things in, in their families and, and you know the the kids are not at school, so they had they had to work from home and and all kind of stuff. So, but we're I am an understanding boss, you know. So I and I you know I hear them, I feel them, so I understand them. They understand me. We know that we have a mission to to create, and we all do it for the you know as as the the best as the best as we can. Wow. I, you know, you hit on so much there too, that I think is super important to highlight, like from a leadership perspective, because, you know, you, you make it sound so easy, but so much of what you're saying, I mean, I've seen a lot of people struggle with a lot of the things you just said. So one thing is being able to lead a team of 10 to 16 people globally in a pandemic remotely, and to make that orchestra come together is a skill. It's a real skill. And I don't think a lot of people have that natural ability. So I just want to cover some of those, those skills. So the fact that you are able to recognize and also let your team see that, look, you're all here, but there's none of this competition with our team. We're all one team. We're one orchestra and you're all here playing your unique sound, as you said, is just such a beautiful way to say it. And I feel like it really is important to say that because sometimes when you're on a team, if your boss isn't really, you know, as a conductor, I'll say, isn't great at conducting, you can feel like you're running into each other or you can feel like you're competing for attention or for, you know, work or whatever the case may be. And I can, I sense that you really make every single member of your team feel important and you empower them. And so I think that's just one really, really key thing to highlight from yeah. a leadership perspective. I, I agree. I agree. It's, I have personal conversations with them once a week, you know, to hear how they're doing, how is everything in the family, and talk about the clients and, you know, to recap. And it's, 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 a, it's a lot of work, you know, to talk to each and every one of them, but it's important enough for me to make sure that they know that I am 
recognizing what they're doing and that I'm here to listen and I get to know them also through those conversations because on the meeting groups conversation, I don't get to speak to each and every one of them individually. So it's really important to keep updated. We're not sitting in an office, so I can't just on the way ask them, how is your kid or how is your mom or whatever. So I do it on personal calls once a week. So it's a lot of wow. work. Well, that's another really good takeaway is to not only spend time with them one-on-one so that you can build that relationship, but also to make them feel like you have your pulse on, well, you do, you're keeping your pulse on their work without being the micromanager. So it's that, that again, it's a very delicate balance that you're striking, which is beautiful, which is I'm here as your boss to kind of directionally, you know, orchestrate things, make sure that you're on track and you know what it is needs to be done. But at the same time, I empower you. I trust you completely. And I'm here to support you in case you do need that extra support. Like that, I mean, these are just, this is like an MBA and leadership right now that so many people, I'm telling you, I've been sitting on calls and coaching. And I mean, these are such big challenges that people have, especially as they're scaling their business. If they don't have that experience or they've never seen a good boss, this is what good looks like for folks listening. This is a great, great example of leadership. So let me ask you something a little bit more on the giving us advice, hey, on social media. So how you have, I don't know, gosh, six figures of followers. What do you say to a small or medium-sized business owner that is trying to build and scale their business on social media? Should we be on multiple platforms? Should we be on two? Should we, um, what are some tips to make sure where the algorithm likes us? Like help us out here, Tal, give us the the lowdown. Well, if you are on a, a certain, it doesn't matter which platform, if you are on a platform, it has to look and feel very professional. So if you're not planning to spend time on LinkedIn, just don't be there. It's better than have a lousy page with no, no explanation and no set up profile. Okay, so that's an example. If you're not on Instagram, don't be there. Don't have a profile with two followers and three pictures and, and it looks not professional. So what I would suggest is definitely use as many platforms as possible if it fits you. It's where you need to understand who's your audience first and then, you know, and then reaching through those social media platforms. But what I would do, I would first work on a strategy before you post, post anything, before you put up anything, you want to create a plan to understand what exactly is you want to deliver. So you need to understand who's your audience. You need to know exactly what their pain points, what are they going to take action on. You need to create kind of a spreadsheet for yourself to create a list of competitions and colleagues and aspirations and understand what are the, the, the most in successful posts that they had, what kind of hashtags they use there. Like try to analyze and understand what's the big shots and the, and the good people, the good accounts in your industry are, are doing that it works, okay? And then try to create content calendar. So the content calendar will be, will be built from content pillars. When you create a content pillar, it means that you're taking a category. So let's say someone is uh, coaching, okay? Like yourself, for example. So as a coach, you need to really un- create a grid, a look and feel for the account that will be something that people will connect to because people love to connect to people. So it will be something that people, that people could resonate with. And um, you need to create those content pillars 
is we're gonna make an organization in your content. So for example, one content pillar could be all the posts and content that they're going to talk about behind the scenes of what you're doing. So you can show yourself sitting with a client, you can show yourself writing notes or creating a new podcast or everything that is about behind the scenes of your uh, professional life, for example. Another content pillar could be all the content that is related to Q&A. So it could be videos with Q&A, could be text with Q&A, could be pictures, everything related to a Q&A, questions and answers that people might have, and you can bring it out there so people can get value from. And another content pillar could be um, you know, your own life, something that is personal, your family life, your, your, what do you do in your free time, your, your children, if you want, of course, but anything that people can connect to you. So whatever you create, you have to remember that someone is coming to your account. They, they want to get connected to you in order to really stay and continue following and take action and do you know, likes and comments, et cetera, on your account. And when you're doing all this, when you have, you know, you know who's your audience, you understood the competition, uh, you understand what you want to, what is your unique proposition in all this, you have to understand what you want to sell. So you put that out and then you create those content pillars. Now you need to start to create the content. And when you have it organized, like you know that you have to do some question and answers uh, posts, you know that you have to do some personal uh, posts, et cetera. Um, you just build it and you start to create content. And what I would do, I would use like an Excel sheet that is like a main content calendar on, uh, and every column will be a date. And every, um, on the right, you will write kind of an Instagram post, Facebook post, LinkedIn post, and then implement this content inside this calendar. And then you can also create like a one row that says special events. So it could be, you know, a holiday, the women, women empowering, empowerment day, Christmas, or maybe it's related to your company. So you have a new launch of a new product or sale or something that those are like special events that you add there. And then you implement content accordingly. So you know in advance what you're going to work with. So it doesn't, you don't, you're not like stressed out that you have to do it tomorrow or now, or, you know, you, you build something for a long, for the long term. So we do it with every client of us. We actually build content calendars long-term, like a month ahead every month. So we are not dealing with, you know, on spot, let's upload this tomorrow or this tomorrow. We know in advance how it's going to look like and how it's going to feel, which is very important to understand this. There are a lot of apps and a lot of tools that you can use to plan ahead like uh, an app name plan uh, with double N at the end, like preview, like later, all kind of tools to create that. And then you start to upload your content, but if you're not planning to do it on one of the platforms, I can tell you that we have presence in LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, YouTube, and, um, and, and newsletter and, and blogging. And we have a website with more than 400 articles in it about digital marketing and uh, we've been doing content for a long time and I have a team that helps me because it's a lot of work. So if you don't have the team in place, then I would invest on every platform. I would focus on one or two that are really strong for your niche and we'll create the content that is related to them. That is so helpful. Getting your content pillars straight for your niche, right? That's one huge one. That was such a great and helpful example, by the way. And then once you're really clear on what your content pillars are, 
really build your strategy around that and start with a content planner using Excel, which is, you know, you just laid it out. You know, the idea of using these different apps to automate and add process, I know that that's a huge one just to take the pressure off because look, we get busy and yeah. to have to be, you know, ad hoc managing things is, is tough. I, I can also add to that, that, you know, creating engagement. So this will be the first part, okay, of building the, the look and feel. Sorry for cutting you off. Just no, I want to add something to that. The, we have in, in our company promotion tools, tools that enable growth of followers and engagement and everything. And what those tools create, it creates human behavior and it goes and it, it creates human behavior behalf of the account. And then it creates a huge exposure to the account on different uh, targeted audience accounts. And I, I don't know how people do it without it today. Like how, I know it is very hard to grow your Instagram account and uh, it takes a lot of time and effort and energies and, and thinking about posts and content and go and engage outside, et cetera. So our tool does it, our tools that doing it on Instagram or LinkedIn on Twitter, they just know how to uh, target the right audience create engagement and grow the, your exposure for the account. And it brings hundreds of new followers on each account, on LinkedIn, on, on Instagram, it could create comments and uh, real ones. And, and it's, it's so crucial because people are, you know, anyway, it's so hard and it's so time consuming to deal with all these platforms. So those tools are really helping on, uh, you know, creating and consistent growth uh, without really working hard. So that's an important tool to use. It's the social lady tools. It's our tools. Oh, it's your proprietary tools yeah, that yeah, you yeah, have yeah. built. Yeah. Oh, that is wonderful. Right there. It's so great to know that they, we are in fact all missing. You know, you do have some magic tools and this is the value of hiring, you know, a firm like this that can really right. take ownership and, and really drive your business. And mm -hmm. it also helps us to demystify what's going on, you know, for those of us that are maybe not at that scale yet. So that's great to know that you've built those tools. That's incredible. Yeah, happy. Is right. that how you manage your DMs? Like I know for us, especially with Clubhouse going on, uh, you know, because Clubhouse does not yet have a direct message function. So mm -hmm. if you're chatting with someone on Clubhouse, for those folks that don't know, the way that people get in touch with you is either Twitter or Instagram. So how, how do you manage all of your direct messages right now? I don't. No, I'm joking. I actually have a, a team in place to help me with that too. Yeah, that will be my solution. But managing direct messages when you have a lot, it's a lot of work. So I would definitely put someone on there. You know, there are many virtual assistants that can, can help with this. And yeah. they, even in Clubhouse, I got so many messages from virtual assistants to write me that they can help me with my direct message from the accounts because of Clubhouse. Like they they spotted me and they saw that I uh, am active and they figured out that I have uh, a lot of direct message. So they published it to me. Anyway, so, you know, virtual assistant or just an assistant or someone to help you manage it, that's, it's a must. Yes, I agree completely. That's, that's good to hear from someone else too. I, I completely agree with that. So what do you think is, you know, I think that this with Clubhouse coming on, I do wanna to talk to you a little bit about the trends because from my perspective, I see that Clubhouse has pushed the envelope, not only because, okay, yes, it's an audio app, but this idea of having live interaction is making me feel like the entire landscape of social media is changing in the sense mm -hmm. of 
people no longer want to sit back and, and passively engage in like looking at your pretty pictures, right? Like right. it's no longer this passive thing. And I know that Facebook groups has some interaction, right? But what do you see some of the big trends coming? Like, is it that we should be doing more video and getting in front of the camera on say our Instagram? Like, what do you think Clubhouse is doing? And what are some of the things we should be doing as business owners to embrace the changes that you see? I think that Clubhouse changed a lot of the rules because until today, we could just go and scroll on TikTok for hours and get nothing from it, you know, gain nothing from it. And we could do the same with Facebook or with Instagram and just crawl around, see pictures, see videos. But at the end of the day from Clubhouse, there's no escape. You have to be there and you have to personally manage it and talk. I cannot really put my assistant or someone from my team to do that for me, which I can do on other platforms. And it's a lot of time consuming, but saying that at the same time, it's a lot of learning. So I've been not only uh, participating and bringing value, but I'm always, but I've also been learning a lot from speaking to other people and, you know, to, from listening, from having a conversation over there, from just observing from the side on the things that are going on there. It's, it's a whole new world, I think. And, um, but it has to bring also time management at the same time because you might lose hours and hours and memory <laughs> as I did just lost my memory when I just spending so much hours on clubhouse and I know it's an amazing tool for you know uh, for really bringing you on stage and talk we're, we're somewhere some sometimes in different places it's harder for you to get you know uh, audience and get people to hear you and this is a great platform for that so as an entrepreneur I would definitely um, advice to manage your time properly and make sure you dedicate to this few hours a day not more um and I'm, i think i'm talking to myself here convincing myself to do that uh, before uh, my husband is going to kick me out of the house for always being on clubhouse but it is an important tool i think it has to be added to the you know the the 2021 or 2022 um, a strategy for the, every company or every entrepreneur to be part of it. But of course, to put limits to how much you are giving or taking. And so as an entrepreneur, you have to really invest your time in what really benefits you and what's bring you an ROI and not wasting your time, for example, to create a lot of TikTok videos if they're not being viral or they're not interesting anyone. And then you're pretty much wasting your time. I know that I have made a lot of TikTok videos and it, at some point I just stopped because I, I have some following there and I had some posts that went viral, but it didn't bring me much as a return. So I'm not investing there my time anymore, even though it's a, an amazing platform to invest your time. But still, I would recommend to invest your time in things that are returning to you and, and always do time management. Always check what, where you're wasting your time are and is it really benefit for you or not? Yes, I completely agree. And where do you think Facebook groups fits into that? Do you think it's still useful? Totally. Really? Facebook groups, yes. I think Facebook groups are the place where you can bring people from any platform to one space. There's no like another app that enables you groups like this that you can you know, you know create by a, a niche or by a subject. Even from Clubhouse, a lot of times we bring to our groups. We have a community on in Facebook, and it's it's super good and super helpful for everyone who is involved and uh, super successful. Like a lot of conversations and stuff and. People are learning a lot from groups which they cannot learn on Instagram or on 
clubhouse or TikTok, they're not groups function and groups are very important because they create community and they bring you value exactly from, for what you want to learn about. So that would, that would be my opinion about it. That's very helpful. This is, this is, I mean, again, I feel like we're getting a super, some kind of masters in social media and entrepreneurship, digital marketing from you. So I know that you are busy, busy, busy woman. And I just wanted to thank you so much for joining me today. You are truly a star. Thank, thank you, you so much. I appreciate you joining me here. Thank you. All right. That is it for today. Now, as you know, some of our best conversations actually happen after the show. So I want you to find me on Instagram at Kimberly Lovey and let me know your thoughts about today's show. You can screenshot this episode and let us know what your biggest takeaway was and tag me at Kimberly Lovey and we can share it on our stories. I will see you again. Same time, same place next week.